Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watchdogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. This is episode 20. Thank you so much if you followed me from the very beginning. If you're just joining right now, welcome. I did notice that last week a large number of people listened to my podcast. So whoever promoted me out there, thank you very, very much. And I welcome with open arms all of my new listeners. Starting this week, you're going to get two episodes per week. One on Monday, that's today, (laughs) and one on Thursday. So today's episode is going to be all about what happened with the TikTok CEO testifying in front of Congress. Yes, uh, Trump is still not arrested. And I can tell you why. Hunter Biden has a mole in the FBI. The Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, can't explain why she said we should follow the example of China. And transports isn't about discrimination. Also, I have a little tidbit of thing about AI. It's getting kind of scary. So let's start off with what happened in front of Congress with the CEO of TikTok. His name is Sho Chu. And it appeared to me that he came either woefully unprepared because he didn't answer 80% of their questions, or he came in very prepared not to answer any questions. So there was a story of a man's daughter that isn't on social media, but she's being peer pressured by her friends that are on social media about how Joe Biden approved this new drilling project in Alaska and how it's going to kill the planet. So her friends are telling this guy's daughter, who's not on social media, all about this. And she hears about it and believes it herself and goes to her parents and says, why are we killing the planet? We're going to all die. So this is the kind of influence social media has. Even those that aren't on social media are influenced by those who are because they can't keep their mouth shut. TikTok is actually responsible for a few deaths. There's actually a trend on TikTok when someone looks at it and it creates an algorithm that sends more and more and more of the same thing. One individual killed themselves because on TikTok, there were videos encouraging people to commit suicide. There's also TikTok challenges that are causing damages and death. There's this TikTok challenge right now called the Borg Challenge, which stands for Blackout Rage Gallon. That's where someone takes a gallon of water and pours most of it out and then fills it with a lot of alcohol and then drinks it until they black out. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. It also sounds like a lot of people are ending up in the hospital with alcohol poisoning. There's another TikTok challenge that teaches you how to break into certain models of Kia and Hyundai and start them with a screwdriver. This has caused such a problem for Kia and Hyundai that they've actually recalled 
those cars to fix that problem. Now, in China, when you open TikTok apps, there are stories and videos about who won the Nobel Prize for physics in some year and math problems and space technology and different things like this that inspire and educate people. If you open up TikTok in the United States, you get all kinds of crap because they designed it that way. They designed TikTok to demoralize and break down the society in the United States. TikTok is used as an educational tool and is restricted to 40 minutes to an hour a day in China. But in the U.S., the average child, and I say child because it's usually 18 and under that are actually the, the majority of people on TikTok, they're spending three to four hours a day on TikTok. So we've got a major problem. TikTok is not worth all these stupid dance videos. Also, they, the, the team of scientists or the team of creators that made TikTok actually did studies of how the most addictive things are, like the, the length of the video and the most addictive that it is and the types of videos and the content and, you know, the music and the sound effects. All those things that are on TikTok to help you make these videos are designed to be addictive. They're designed to keep you on TikTok as long as possible. And as I've said before, if you're on TikTok, the government of China has full access to your camera, to your microphone, to all of your apps, to all of your keystrokes, and to all of your contacts and all of your network that you're on. So this CEO tried to cover up the fact that it is owned by China. He says, no, no, no. He doesn't know of any circumstance where China has access to this data. That's a lie. I believe with all of my heart, TikTok should be banned. Even if it's purchased in the United States by a U.S. company, and I know there's the Texas project right now with uh, Oracle that is going to maybe buy it and bring it to the United States. China will still have a back door to get into all of that data. We're going to have to completely ban the app. By the way, TikTok is banned in the Netherlands and in Italy and in India. They have completely banned the app. So China is worried that we're going to ban it, and they should be, because apparently we've got 150 million people in this country that are addicted to that app. No wonder China's fighting so hard to try and stop this ban. But this ban needs to happen. That's my opinion. If you have your own opinion, you are welcome to share it with me. My email is drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. All right. Donald Trump still has not been arrested or indicted. And here's why. Robert Castillo, Donald Trump's lawyer, 
interviewed Michael Cohn. He and his team went in and interviewed Michael Cohn when he was going to be indicted to go to prison uh, for, you know, he, he did tax invasion and fraud and different things like that. Uh, and only one thing had anything to do with the Trump organization. But they found out that Michael Cohn is a habitual liar and will do anything to avoid jail time. That was one thing that was very uh, relevant about this interview with Michael Cohn. They said about 12 or more times, a dozen times, he turned to them and said, you don't understand. I will do anything to avoid jail time. I will not spend any time in jail. I will do anything it takes to stay out of jail. Well, what he did obviously wasn't enough. He ended up in jail for quite a long time, in solitary confinement for a while. I do know that. And I believe he's mad at Trump and wants to blame him for this $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels. Now, here's what you need to know about that. Michael Cohn took that loan out himself and paid Stormy Daniels with his own money and had her sign an NDA. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's a non-disclosure agreement. That means you agree not to ever talk about this. And this happens all the time in business. But politically, the people that are against it call it hush money. Because that sounds so much more ominous. But the reality is that Donald Trump, nor the Trump organization, nor Trump campaign reimbursed Michael Cohn for this $130,000 payment. And Michael Cohn admitted that he did this to try and get himself into the good graces of Donald Trump to impress him. And he hoped that Donald Trump or someone would reimburse him. And that never happened. Now, also a funny little twist to this. Uh, a while ago, Stormy Daniels actually said that she never had sex with Donald Trump. She met him, but she never had sex with Donald Trump. So there was no illicit affair covered up, according to Stormy Daniels. Now, maybe Stormy Daniels is lying uh, to try and cover for Trump. I don't know. But it's funny when... Donald Trump said there was no affair, and Stormy Daniels said there was no affair. But Michael Cohn paid Stormy Daniels $130,000 in hush money. The interesting thing about this is in business and in politics, often there are payments of quote-unquote hush money. Because even if this affair didn't happen, Sometimes it's cheaper and less costly reputation and political wise to just pay the person off to go away because you otherwise you have to fight them in court and go through that long drawn on process and that'll be public and everybody will make their own opinions. The, the, the uh, jury of public opinion is usually more harsh than a real jury because people have their own preconceived ideas and biases, and they make their beliefs based on that. So now we know that the accuser and the accused both say this event did not happen. So uh, I believe that Alvin Bragg is probably getting a lot of pressure 
from those around him after Robert Castillo talked to the grand jury about Michael Cohn and how he is a habitual liar and what he said about he'll do anything to avoid jail time. Also, Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels both saying the event didn't happen and them now knowing that Michael Cohn took the $130,000 loan out. uh, And he did that because he didn't want his wife to know. He didn't want Melania to know. So he took a a specialized money loan out. I don't know, Hoka or Haka. I can't remember the name of it. But it's a special kind of loan that is basically anonymous. So no one can trace and where it came from and anything. So that's that was all told to the grand jury by Robert Castillo. And I believe the grand jury is kind of going, yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Bragg, I don't believe there's much of a case here. Um, I believe it's a stretch for you to uh, do this. Also, there's a really interesting legal trick that Alvin Bragg is trying to do. You see. This is a federal political offense, supposedly, an alleged federal political offense. And Alvin Bragg cannot charge national cases because he is a local prosecutor. So he's trying to string it to a local felony so he can prosecute. And it's never been done before. And it's going to take some trickery to be able to tie these together. Now, I'm not saying this indictment's not going to happen. It may still happen. I think the chances are much less now uh, than I thought last week. Uh, Last week, I thought it was inevitable. I thought the left is going to get their picture of Donald Trump in handcuffs or the perp walk or the mugshot. But now I'm actually not as sure as I was. So. We'll see what happens this week, I think, is going to be the the week where it either happens or the whole thing goes away. So we'll see. Okay, Hunter Biden has a mole in the FBI, and you're not going to guess what this guy's nickname is. One eye. That's right. There's a mole in the FBI by the name of one eye (laughs) that allowed Hunter to warn his Chinese partner of upcoming investigations. Yeah, Hunter Biden has a mole in the FBI. Who'd have thunk that? Also, I, hear, I still hear Joe Biden denying that he ever knew anything about his son's business. There was a 2015 story by the reporter Kate Bedingfield that was squashed by the media. Uh, it was from Bloomberg. It was it was published in Bloomberg News, and it was about Hunter Biden and his business with his father, and all the times his father was involved in his business dealing. So once again, we know Joe Biden is lying. Of course, that's not really a surprise anymore, is it? And recently. The Secretary of Energy, Jennifer Granholm, actually praised China for their efforts to fight climate change. Listen for yourself. Hasn't been very sensitive. 
and has actually invested a lot in their solutions uh, to achieve their goals. So we're, we're hopeful that you know, we can all learn from what China is doing, but the amount of money that they're investing in clean energy is actually, you know, uh, encouraging. That's interesting because China is the number one polluter in the world. And they're building one to two new coal plants every single week. Yet, Jennifer Granholm thinks we should all follow the example of China. Well, recently she was questioned about that. And uh, funny thing, she had a very interesting answer. Well, at first, she didn't really have a response, just a, a curt yes, yes, yes. But listen to what she says at the very end. 10 March of 2023, you said, and I quote, we can all learn from what China is doing, end quote, obviously a, uh, about the environment. At the time you made that comment, are you aware that 30% of the world's CO2 emissions came from China? Oh, yes. Are you aware at the time you made that comment also that more than the, that China emits more than the U.S., the entire EU and Japan combined? Oh, yes. Were you aware when you made that comment that China brings online two coal-fired power plants a week? Absolutely. Were you aware that China's coal-fired plants generate over 23% of all the energy of the U.S. production combined? Yes. I assume you were also aware that China, in the Paris Climate Agreement, is allowed to increase their emissions through 2030? Yes. Knowing, knowing that you knew all that when you made the comment, would you like to retract your praise for China? No, my praise for China was on what they are doing to invest in clean energy, even as they are the world's largest emitter. The United States has to learn about the, and has been actually, about the strategy that China has engaged in to be able to take supply chains for clean energy and corner the market on them. Okay, so her real praise was on China cornering the market on green en energy technology and materials. I can assure you, Secretary Granholm, that China's motivation, I guess you could say, for cornering the market on these materials, they saw the trend going that way, and they knew if they cornered the market, they could make a lot of money. I can guarantee you it had nothing to do with a magnanimous desire to go green. And it's really interesting that everyone that are proponents of this Green New Deal or green energy want us all to go to electric cars. Did you know that almost all of the components and rare materials we have to get from China? Here's some interesting t statistics you need to know about electric cars, and especially the batteries. The rare earth minerals that are needed in the batteries, the nickel, the cobalt, the lithium, all have to be mined. Now, the cobalt is actually mined by children in the Congo. Yes, that is true. Children go into these mines, and they can be very toxic by the way, they have to go into these mines and mine the cobalt with their hands. So that's fun, right? Then to get the lithium and nickel and other materials, you have to dig up 100,000 tons of earth 
to get enough rare minerals for one car battery. Is electric really better for the environment? It might be better for the air, but is it better for the earth? If you're really trying to save Mother Earth, if you really love the earth, are you okay with hundreds of thousands of tons of earth being dug up for the rare minerals necessary for these car batteries? And are you aware of all of the wildlife that has to be displaced to dig up 100,000 tons of earth for every car battery? Have you thought about that? I'll bet you haven't. Let me just give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Well, I'll, I won't use the name because I don't want to be sued or anything, but for a popular electric vehicle in the United States that was basically, it's, it's not the main one that everybody knows about, but it's just one of the other car manufacturers that has started to make electric cars. So just for this car, they need 185 kilograms of minerals. So they need 52 kilograms of graphite, 35 kilograms of aluminum, 29 kilograms of nickel, 20 kilograms of copper, 20 kilograms of steel, 10 kilograms of manganese, 8 kilograms of cobalt, 6 kilograms of lithium, and 5 kilograms of iron. All of this for one car battery. Also, when you hear people talk about carbon neutral electric cars, they're not carbon neutral. <laughs> Just to let you know, they may not put out any emissions when they're running, but the manufacturing of them, the diesel engines necessary to dig up all of these rare earth minerals, the electricity, mostly coal powered and gas and electric powered plants that have to manufacture all of these parts and combine all these parts to make these car batteries and these electric cars, all of that pollution needs to go in to the figures of how much pollution is put out for that car. Now, less pollution is put out to manufacture gas-powered cars. And then, of course, they put out emissions, you know, so what is really more emission conscious, gas-powered cars or electric cars? When you look at the entire picture from manufacturing, from, from digging up all of the rare earth minerals to manufacturing to producing emissions. But also remember, when electric vehicle owners have to charge their cars, where does that electricity come from? Well, here in the U.S., 80% is still generated by coal, gas, oil, and nuclear. So really, if you look at it, how much less carbon is emitted into the atmosphere to create CO2 by electric cars? Well, when you look at the big picture, the entire process, it's really not that much better. Also, we know electric cars don't run really well when it's really, really, really cold. Uh, and we know that the wind farms can freeze up. And also all the wind farms, all of the uh, windmills that they want to build have to be backed up by 
gas and electric motors when they are not running. Well, or when the wind's not blowing, I should say. When the wind's not blowing, they continue those propellers spinning with gas and diesel engines running them. Also, there's a whole bunch of petroleum products in that windmill. How do you think they keep everything lubricated on the inside of this windmill? Oh, and I wanted to say one really quick thing about this windmills, and I may not get to a couple of the other things I wanted to talk about today, and that's okay. I'll do that on Thursday. But did you hear that eight new dolphins beached themselves off the coast of New Jersey and the east coast of the United States? So that's now, if you want a full total, 23 whales and eight dolphins have beached themselves and died. Why are they doing this? I believe it's because of all of the exploration going on offshore to get ready for the miles and miles of wind farms that they're going to put out there. All the sonar, they are blasting into the ground to find out where the solid ground is and all that for the pouring of the miles and miles of cement are going to be necessary for the foundations and towers that will put the windmill, that will put the propellers above the water so they can be driven by wind. All of that sonar is affecting the wildlife and killing whales and dolphins and other animals that depend on sonar to communicate with each other and to basically just function under the water. But the left really doesn't care. They really don't. If they cared, they would have stopped it by now. But I guarantee you, they're going to continue on with their exploration and build these wind farms. They're going to kill a lot of marine life to do it. So are they really earth conscious? If they're willing to have hundreds of thousands of tons of earth being dug up for the rare earth minerals of these electric cars and their batteries, and they're willing to kill a bunch, because uh, we don't know how many small fish have been affected too with all the exploration out there, but we know that a lot of marine life is going to be killed as well. I think really the main purpose of why they're doing all this is money. It always has been. You can't monetize anything outside of the Earth's atmosphere. So they're doing everything they can to control us and our habits inside this atmosphere. And they're doing it with fear. I could promise you this right now. The Earth is not going to burn up within the next million years, I'm going to say. Our sun will burn out before the Earth burns up. And life as we know it will continue on this planet if we do nothing. Because climate is cyclical. As I said in my other podcast, you know, Michael Mann, who did the hockey stick graph, admitted that he left out the medieval hump that actually had temperatures higher than they are right now. And then they dropped. Oh my goodness. And then they went back up. And then they dropped. And they went back up. You know, that's called a cycle. And yes, we have climate cycles. But the reason why they changed it from global warming and global cooling to just now a blanket climate change 
is so they can get you to believe that it, everything that happens, if it gets too cold, climate change. If it gets too warm, climate change. If the snow melts, climate change. If we get too much snow, climate change. If we get too much rain, climate change. If we get not enough rain, climate change. If the hurricanes are powerful, climate change. If the hurricanes are not really powerful, hurl climate change. If we have way more tornadoes than usual, climate change. If we don't have any tornadoes at all for one year, climate change. Everything is attributed to climate change, and it's all about money and power, period. Okay, just one quick thing about one I wanted to talk about really quickly is this trans sports issue. It's not about discrimination. It's about fairness. You know, we have age discrimination for sports for a reason. Because we can't allow a 14-year-old to compete in 8-year-old sports. They would dominate. The same thing with wrestling and boxing. We have categories uh, on weight classes. The reason why is a 230-pound boy would destroy a 110-pound boy. He wouldn't have a chance. He wouldn't have any leverage. He doesn't have the muscle strength to do that. That's the same thing we're doing with trans sports. That's why we, will, we do not allow... We do not want to allow trans women to compete in women's sports because when they're born men and go through puberty, that addition of testosterone builds muscle mass and bone density and different uh, skeletal structure even. So all of those advantages give men who identify as women an unfair advantage. We're not discriminating. We're trying to make it fair. And I promise you, if this continues where men are allowed to compete with women when they identify as trans women, women's sports will go away permanently. Women's sports will be dominated by trans women because they have an unfair advantage. Think about it. Okay, and as I always love to do, I want to end on a positive note. And this note is about giving. There's a reason why Christmas is such a celebrated and wonderful holiday. It's the spirit of giving. Do you know you can have that same excitement all year round? Just figure out how you can give to others. Give money to the homeless that are out there. Even if they're panhandling and you know they're going to give that money, get, they're going to use that money for drugs and alcohol, give the money anyway. When you give, there's endorphins that are released that make you feel good. Give of your time. Give of your talent. When we look at everything as giving rather than reluctantly letting them have it, don't look at it that way. Be inspired and uplifted when you want to give. Giving is such an amazing thing. I believe it's a godlike thing. When we give, we become godlike. Not arrogantly or anything like that, but just lovingly. When we give, it's it's a way of showing love and appreciation and respect and admiration and compassion. So that's my thing for today is learn how to give, give more, and give generously. 
And with that, that's the end of this podcast. So I will say, create an amazing day.